This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Washington is currently captivated by a series of fiscal debates, and one of them uh, is really centered around whether they can pass broad social spending in the form of a bipartisan infrastructure bill on one hand, and on the other hand, a more than $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, which would shore up social programs, address climate change, provide for paid leave, and other social programs. The president seems to know that he We'll need to sell this to the public. And this week, he went to Howell, Michigan, in central Michigan, to discuss that plan uh, with people there uh, at a union hall and in in public. And our own Paul Krawczak, senior writer, was there in Howell. Paul, welcome to Political Theater. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's it's always great to talk to you. Um, let's start off by talking about Howell. You're a you're a Michigander, uh, and this is not too far a place from where uh, where you uh, have have grown up and 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 know it fairly well. Talk about talk about this part of of Michigan because it it sort of it gets into some of the comments from the people that you talked to while you were there. Howell is 50, 60 miles west of the Detroit area. It's in Michigan farm country. Most of Michigan actually is farm country, or as you go further north, it's um, it's uh, forest, um, lakes, and uh, rivers. Uh, but Howell is in Livingston County, which uh, a rural county, but uh, growing, uh, sprouting uh, subdivisions and uh, shopping malls. Um, it's traditionally been very Republican and quite conservative, more Democrats, more liberals there now um, as it grows. Very uh, picturesque area, uh, Howell, uh, a town that goes all the way back to the early 1800s, um, has a beautiful courthouse. It, it actually has one of those Carnegie uh, libraries. Um, and it's a very charming downtown. Um, boutiques, professional offices, and so on, uh, but actually a very small downtown as well. And and this is, you know, I'm I'm kind of fascinated, and th- this even comes up in a couple of the people that, uh, that you talked to, that they were surprised Biden went there. Um, but I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense that, you know, it, he knows that People in Detroit support him pretty overwhelmingly, uh, and and same thing, you know, with parts of Lansing. But this is kind of a swing district. It's it's represented by Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who's a Democrat, and she uh, beat a Republican in 2018 and won re-election uh, last year. And it, so this is a swing district, even though this part is kind of conservative. So it, it makes sense to me that he would go and and try to sell it there. Is that sort of? But pe- people you talked to sounded like surprised that he was there almost. Well, some people were surprised uh, because it's a Republican area, because it's um, a small town, uh, rural area. Um, But one key reason uh, that President Biden went there is because there is this premier union training facility, which is right on the north edge of Powell, very well thought of. Um, All all kinds of uh, people in the building trades um, train there. So it was the perfect backdrop for him to push his uh, infrastructure uh, proposals and legislation. 
Um, in addition, Alyssa Slotkin, um, a two-term uh, congresswoman, could be potentially vulnerable in the upcoming election. The, the congressional districts in Michigan are being redrawn. Hers is certainly going to be redrawn if her district becomes more Republican. And also, if Biden's poll numbers continue to go down, she could be in trouble uh, next year. She's a former intelligence uh, analyst, uh, served in Iraq, and uh, she attracted a lot of uh, moderate and conservative support in the district uh, when she ran against Mike Bishop, the uh, Republican, uh, three years ago. Uh, so she's not in trouble in the current district, but she could face problems in a redrawn district. Yeah, actually, uh, I want to... Um... I want to play a, cl- a clip of uh, Richard McCula, uh, who was an independent that you talked to, um, and he he voted for uh, voted for President Biden um, and and supports the president. And he he talks a lot about her and and he appreciates that he appreciates her service in government. Uh, and we're just going to uh, play this clip real quick. The only thought about her is that I I like Melissa Slack and I voted for her. Um, you know she's. She's uh, had experience in the government, and I think, you know, she's doing a good job. You know, she's trying to uh, do her best for our district, and um, I I just, I like her. So there's no issues um, with what she's doing as far as I'm concerned. So something that strikes me about that is that this guy, uh, you mentioned the union training facility. He's a, a, a master elect- electrician. And I mean, he's a retired military guy. He's, he's uh, you know, he's 60s. He says he's a recent grandfather. But he, uh, he, he seems to, you know, support what people are doing with infrastructure, with what the president's doing in the infrastructure, and also seems to support Slotkin. So that's, that's, that's kind of almost like the archetypal swing voter that you talk to right there. Yeah, and I would say he's even more on the Democratic side. Um, he's also supportive of the the three and a half trillion dollar uh, legislation. He said he's an independent, um, but he certainly has voted for Democrats and supported Democrats lately. In fact, he was one of the stronger supporters of Biden and Slotkin that I spoke with the other day. Uh, yeah, he has. At one point, he uh, he he says, you know. Everybody needs to drive on the same roads, <laughs> uh, which is is sort of like that does, I guess, sort of echo a lot of the arguments that came out of that bipartisan infrastructure group. Uh, but you said that he's he's also supportive of the the, the more social spending or, or oriented uh, plan as well. Yes, he's really supportive of the whole agenda in general. And and on on the other hand, on the other sort of side of things, uh, you, you talked to this guy named Rich Bender. Who um, you know, uh, Mr. McCula was a retired naval guy, and Bender is a retired Air Force guy, and he's almost the, on the exact opposite like view viewpoint. Um, I mean, he he, you know, says he was a, a Trump guy. We have a, a a clip of him too. I just want to play this real quick. I'm a, I'm a Trump guy, really. To be oh, honest okay. With you. So, okay. Uh, All right. So I uh, not I'm a Republican conservative. Uh huh. Um, and. In a way, I don't even understand why he's coming all the way to Howell, this little town of Howell. It doesn't sound, I mean, like, you know, there were, there were a lot of reports and, and some people were talking about how they didn't appreciate some of the um, real um, sort of forceful protests against Biden. But this guy didn't sound like a fire breather necessarily. He just sounds like he's a kind of down-the-line conservative and he didn't sound like he was on board with any of the stuff that Biden was selling. 
That's right. Yeah, he Republican conservative uh, voted for Trump. Uh, yeah, I think he referred to himself as a Trump guy. Um, he he did not participate in the protest against Biden. Um, I traveled around the Howell area and spoke with people both uh, um, at the the site of the Biden speech and the protests, and then also elsewhere um, around the county. And um, he was actually in the process of um, volunteering for um, a food bank um, at the time that I spoke with him. Uh, he and a partner were uh, were dropping off food. Um, but you know, he would be a more traditional conservative. Um, you know, he would be the kind of person who you, you know, would expect to, you know, meet in this area going back decades. One of the things that uh, I, I was struck by by some of the reporting that you did too is that, again, people people all seem to be engaged or have an opinion about politics writ large about President Biden and how he was doing, or whether they supported President former President Trump. But they, when you got down to details about like different parts of the bill there wasn't it there wasn't that level there wasn't the level of understanding of something that the democrats have been trying to talk about for a while but it, everybody seemed to be having an opinion about like the 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 bigger trends that are going on but is was that consistent you know sort of sort of throughout the area that like everybody had an opinion but they just didn't have like a lot of the the details about this this legislation even if they supported or vehemently disagreed with it well, there was a range. Um, you, you had some people who um, are somewhat familiar with the legislation, and they could talk about aspects of of the uh, uh, bills that they agreed with and that they disagreed with. Um, then you had other people who were just vaguely aware of the legislation, um, and yet they had strong opinions uh, because they were Republicans or they were Democrats. And then there were other people as well. Um, who uh, often were independent rather than Republican or Democrat. Um, and they admitted that uh, they don't know much about the legislation. Um, they're just starting to learn about it. And, and they were hesitant to express their opinions. You know, a number of people said to me, I just don't know enough about this to uh, express an opinion about it. I'm sorry. And you know, one of the things that um, you, you, you talked to a woman named Linda Kern, who is a, is a Democrat. She she even expressed worry about the president's, you know, sort of safety, it seemed like, because of the, you know, saying that there was just a lot of hate uh, there. Um, and even though she supported infrastructure goals and, and, and these programs and so forth, she said it's, it's, it just sounds like too much money. Are you familiar with those bills? Yes, at all? yes. Because I, I've read about both of them. The only thing that I have an issue is the amount of money. The amount of money. Even though they say no, you know, it's not coming from the taxpayers. I think eventually we don't want the debt. I mean, that large of a debt to take on. Is is that? I mean, that that to me, if if the if a Democrat is saying that, it that should. Seems to me, seems to be a warning sign to the Democrats' message that if all people are talking about is cost, you may you may be losing your you know your play for for voters. Uh, I think you're exactly right on that, and you know we probably don't have to go that far back in time when a trillion dollars was a lot of money. And this is, I mean, this is also spread out over several years. It's not like you know if Biden signs this bill, you know he he just writes a check for 
you know, 1.5 trillion or 3.5 trillion out of the treasury and somebody takes it down to the bank. I mean, this is spread out over 10 years or more uh, in the case of the bipartisan bill. Um, but yeah, th- th- when you start using the, you know, a T uh, with, uh, with numbers, it just seems to spook people a little bit though. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think that's right. And, um, and yeah, and, and, you know, Linda Kern was, you know, among the people I spoke with, she was one of the stronger supporters um, of President Biden um, and also of Alyssa Slatkin. But, you know, she also made the point that there are certain aspects of the legislation that she disagrees with. She mentioned child care, for example. She said she likes the idea of government paid community college, but she's not sure that child care needs more money. It's it is it is kind of interesting that the I mean the the debate you know here in Washington too I mean like so so much of it is you have members talking about the the cost but less about the about the programs um, so uh, just out of out of curiosity I mean you're um, you know you spent uh, quite quite a few hours on this and you're quite familiar with the area anything surprise you about what what you learned or what was the maybe the most memorable moment of your reporting as you were sort of going through this area and, and talking to people who, let's face it, I mean, you're, you know, you know everybody over at uh, the Office of Management and Budget, and you talk to them uh, quite a bit and on the budget committees and so forth, but this is, uh, this is a little, this is a little outside of, uh, of what Roll Call uh, does uh, as, as a matter of habit. What was, what were some of the moments that str- uh, struck you? You know, I was, I was struck by the divisions that I saw. Um, by the divisions between the the protesters against Biden um, and the supporters of Biden, um, it, it's it's one thing to have you know Republicans on one side who have a certain vision of where the country should be going, and Democrats on another side who have a different vision. Uh, but you see the polarization um, in a situation like this. I mean, you know, there were there were hundreds of anti. Biden uh, protesters there, and mixed in among them were uh, Biden um, supporters as well, and people who you know may have been somewhere in between uh, the Republicans and the Democrats um, observing. And there weren't any you know there weren't any problems. Um, I mean there were no you know fights or anything like that. It was it was peaceful, and you know I talked with the police, and the police said everybody was cooperative. So there wasn't that kind of problem, but I mean, I was, you see the, the partisan divisions in Washington and they are reflected um, in the rest of the country. Um, I mean, certainly in this case, in a fairly, uh, you know, quiet, rural, you know, traditional, uh, you know, part of the country, you know, you see these, this very sharp partisan polarization. And I think that's what struck me the most. Yeah, it 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 is. It does seem, you know, that there is. We we often think, you know, that you know people view Washington as the partisan place that the, that this is where partisanship comes from. But I I tend to you know think that. I mean, these people don't come from nowhere, right? <laughs> the, the, the Congress, they are sent here by people in in you know from districts from whether it's. San Diego or Augusta, Maine, you know, I mean, like the, they, they all come from somewhere and they, I think a lot of them are reflecting their, you know, where they're coming from. And that's, that's a, you know, I think that's a valuable thing to, to note about some of these debates when we try to figure out like, why can't they just come together on things? Just because 
it's hard to get them in the same room together. And, and I also think there are a lot of people who are willing to work together. I mean, I think that, you know, um, a number of the Republicans and Democrats, you know, who I, who I spoke with uh, were, were moderate in the sense of um, they, they would like to see uh, both parties working together more. Um, but then, you know, in, on both sides, on the left and right, um, you, have, you have extremes that are, are just very, very strident. Yeah, and I, we should point out too that I mean this this area. I mean, it said you know it's this is an area that could change. The district could change quite a bit. Slot can you know Michigan's going to lose a seat and uh, in the redistricting process, so it will make it a little interesting for the current members. But it's also you know the Michigan has people you know like Fred Upton too. You know who is n- known you know as somebody who's always worked across the aisle. And he comes from a nearby district, uh, Battle Creek uh, sort of base district. So I mean it, it's it it's not. It's not that it's um, it's all you know this kind of folks, but it. I don't recall these sort of protests, you know, from even like you know ten, fifteen years ago, uh, happening with such regularity. It seems like this is uh, like that. That's a lot uh, for you know midweek, <laughs> midweek visit, visit by the president. It seems uh, to bring out that kind of passion in a, in a kind of small place. So, well, Paul, I, I really appreciate uh, you know you talking about your story. It's. Um, it's you know I think this is really valuable to get this kind of reporting, and uh, I'm I'm glad you were there to to talk to these folks and 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 get another get another view uh, of of how people are reacting to the president as he's you know as he's as he's pushing you know some of his uh, his agenda out there. And I really enjoyed this, so thank you. 